Radio Raheem with Maurice Hooker. Uh, we're here in Dallas, man. It, was, it must have been a short trip for you to make this press conference. Oh, yeah. You know, I uh, had to leave from camp and come out here. I was coming anyway for my son's birthday party tomorrow, but I mean Saturday, but it's a short trip. <laughs> You're a Texas native, right? Yes, yes. Born, <laughs> born and raised. So I, I noticed you got a lot of bling going on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as you should. But the biggest thing on your chest is a family photo surrounded yeah. in diamonds. People may not uh, know your family history or what it is to you, what that means. Right. I mean, family is everything. You know, I, I have eight kids, and uh, they always with me, you know, so I had to get that picture on my shirt to show everybody, you know. But they always with me. I keep them in my mind, keep them in my heart, and they, and they my motivation. Well, a Hall of Fame fighter I just sat down with a few days ago, Vander Holyfield, he's got 11. Yeah. Are you are you going for the record? Nah, he, he, he can have that 11. I might go for 10. I ain't going for 11. He can have that 11. <laughs> Well, with a family that big and uh, that many young uh, lives to support, boxing has got to be the the biggest and most important thing in your life when a fight is signed. You've got a fight signed now. Uh, talk to me about what preparation is like for Regis Pro Grey and how much is on the line for you. I mean, everything online. You know, I just know that this uh, it's the fight. This fight right here, it's a big fight. You know, if I lose. I'm going to go down in the ranking. But if I win, I'm going to go skyrocket. So I'm going to come for everything. It's all or nothing, you know. I mean, I'm just ready. I'm pumped up about it. You know, he's, a, he's, he's one of the best guys in 140. And I, I'm here to show you the word that I'm still one of the best guys, and I'm better than him. We know Regis is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. He still feels like he won that fight against Josh Taylor. It's a very close bout. I'm sure you've seen it by now. What did you think of that fight? I think uh, Josh had pulled it off at the end of the round, using his size and just bullying him around the ring. It was a close fight to the end of the round. Uh, Regis, I mean, not Regis, uh, Josh Taylor pulled it off. Are you taking anything from what Josh was able to do and, and bringing that as maybe uh, something that can inform your decisions on how to fight Regis program? Uh, no, nah, because, you know, different styles may fight. I'm, my, I don't have the same style as Josh Taylor, so I know Regis will be, you know, be different. Probably Regis probably work on the mistakes he made, you know, so mm-hmm. to get better. So I'm just going there and make him adjust to me, you know, make him, yeah, first round, make him adjust, just adjust to me. You know, I'm, I'm coming, he coming, he, he's on. Uh, like you said, if you lose this fight, like any fighter, you would go back down to the bottom and have to go back to the drawing board and work your way back up. You guys are both coming off fairly recent losses. What is it that you've had to do to adjust, and what is it that we'll see in the ring against Progre that is a better Maurice Hooker than we've seen in the past? I know. I had, first thing I did, I got a new team. I got uh, got some support around me. And, uh, you know, they, they, they training me. I'm learning new stuff. I'm learning how to box, move my head, and all that good stuff. You know, I wanted to show everybody my last fight, but it didn't go that long with the first only one round. So I get to show everybody what I learned in the new Maurice Hooker. So I mean, so this fight with uh, progress will show everybody the new Maurice Hooker, the new style, and what I have to bring to the table. Well, if a fighter only, if a fight only goes one round, you must be learning something good. Yeah. <laughs> like they say, you don't get paid for overtime. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about the new team for those who don't know. Oh, he's somewhere with Bo Mac, uh, Bo Mac. Bo Meg, Saul, and uh, Reed, you know, they three trained to train Tens Crawford. They train Steven Nelson, uh, Jermaine Heron. They train a lot of fighters, you know, up-and-coming fighters too, you know. And, uh, I mean, just for them, just learning and being around them, being around other champions, the, the motivation, us pushing each other. I mean, all that above, you know, it's just, it's just a plus to me, you know, just, just being around them guys. Well, we know that Terrence Crawford is a closer. Yeah. He likes to close the show when he gets an opportunity. Regis Progre is an aggressive punching come forward fighter as well how do you edge him are, are is, it, is this new team making you more aggressive are you hitting harder when it comes down to that square circle in the middle of the ring how does maurice hooker become victorious 
I just the new team to teach me how to just just basically just use my skills, use what I have I haven't been using, just which is going there and box, so stay focused, and, you know, put everything on the end of my punches, you know, use my jab, move my head, you know, send everything for the big right hand, and I and I do have power, and to come to fight, I come fight now, I'll show you I have power, you know, I'll show you why a lot of people would dodge me, you know, and why I'm the best. Are any of these kids on this medallion coming to the gym? Have you got any prospects coming up? Nah, I, I hope I hope they don't fight. They want to fight, but I'm not going to train. I want them to go to school or go to college and, and be something. I don't want them to be no boss because it's a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice. You put in a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice yourself. We can't wait to see you in the ring against Regis Pro. Great. Good luck. Radio Rahim with Maurice Hooker. Radio Rahe with Regis Pro Gray making the journey here to Dallas. Uh, yet another hallowed ground for sports. Right. You just had what can arguably be called fight of the year, right. 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it didn't come out quite the way you wanted. You mm -hmm. still feel like you won the fight. Right. How eager is it? How eager are you mm -hmm. to get back in the ring and kind of erase that last fight out of your mind and just move forward with your career? Exactly, exactly what you said, man. You just want to go, you know, get back on the winning streak, you know. And um, what better is it to do with, you know, a, a dangerous opponent? You know, Maurice Hook is a former world champion, so um, it's one thing to get back on the winning on the winning streak with, you know, with a no-name opponent. But for me, I want to do it with a name opponent, so you know, a, a former world champion to, you know, to basically prove myself. Nobody would have uh, given you any stick about taking an, a lesser opponent. Right. This came off a tough fight. You know you want to get in line for the rematch. There's, uh, there's always Ramirez out there. What is it about you that says, you know what, I want to take the next toughest guy I can get? That's what I want, man. Like, if you look at my, my, my record for the last, like, two years, all I've been fighting is world champion, former world champion, all undefeated fighters. And that's all I want, you know. Like, at the end of the day, like, we have a, in, in boxing, we have a, a, like, a short period of time. And so you have to stay relevant by fighting good fighters. You can't just keep fighting bums. Like, they call it, nobody is a bum in the ring. We know that. But you can't keep fighting no-name opponents and stuff like that. And I, I know, like, when you get a belt, you have to fight mandatories, and sometimes that get mixed up and stuff. But, like, I want to fight. I want to fight the biggest fights. That's what I want to do. So this is, for me, this is the biggest fight possible at this stage of my career, and that's why we took it. You and Maurice obviously are both going to want the W. You're both going to have a bit of a chip on your shoulder, but you coming off, like, again, what could arguably be the fight of the year last year. How much of a statement do you need to make in this fight to let people know that not only are you still in the elite class, but you're arguably still the best as you see it? Right. I mean, that's just like you said, man, I have to. I have to, you know, I have to, like, dominate, you know, like, um, I have to be dominate and to let everybody know, like, I am the best. I'm still the best in this division, you know, and then, you know, hopefully that'll set me up for bigger fights. You know, either Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez, or either, like I said, even bigger is the Mike Garcia and Jesse Vargas um, winner. Are you taking anything from the experience with the Josh Taylor fight forward? Did you learn any lessons there that you can apply in this next fight? I mean, I learned so much just about me and myself and what I can go through and what I can experience. Listen, when I went to London, it was just like, when I went there, it was a setup for the kill. It was like a, for me, it was like a sacrificial lamb going to the to the wolves <laughs> den. That's what I did. I went to the slaughterhouse and I came out like I came out. I didn't get a decision. I still thought I won, but I didn't get a decision. But I went to a whole nother, like, you was there, right? Yeah. They, they called it the fucking wolves den, right? Over 20,000 people there and it was all against me. So now 
I know what kind of character I have. I know what I can go through. Like now, you cannot like they can't break my spirit now. You know, like I, they couldn't even break my spirit there. And then even after the fight, you know, all the people telling me I won and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I just took that. I took that experience and I like is it made me way way stronger. And even from and that's like the psychological side. Now on the physical side, it's things that you know I did in the fight that I shouldn't have did. Um, and now, you know, I'm gonna take those those steps and don't make the same mistakes. Well, talk about a Wolves then. If this fight, like you say, you said you're, you're looking at the winner of Garcia um, and Vargas. Garcia has said that he is open to coming down to 140. Of course, that's a hell of a Wolves den for you right. if you look at that fight. How do you see yourself matching up against a fighter like Mikey Garcia? Um, I mean, that's I want the biggest fights, man. Mikey's, you know, he's a, he's a, I think Mikey is a great fighter, and that's, you know, that's what I want. You know, I, I definitely, you know, it's just, it's just a, a fight that I want. I talked to Rob, but me and Rob actually was in, his brother was in Columbia together, and uh, we was talking about, you know, either get him or Ramirez or whoever, you know, so that's, you know, that's, that's who I would, you know, try to, Granted, you know, after this fight, try to get the win of those two. Were you in front of a television or ringside last Saturday night for Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury? I wasn't in front of it. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. No. You must have seen it by now. What? The fight. Oh, no, you say in front of television. I or was there ringside. at the fight. Oh, yeah. No, I was, yeah, I was at the fight, man. That was fucking crazy, man. That, I, like I said, man, that was, I just think that that was his, you know, that was just his night, man. Like, no matter what, like, that was his night. He was so confident. And, you know, sometimes when people have that confidence, you just can't take it away from him. And he was just so, so confident going to the fight. Um, it was his night. It was special. It was historic. I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. And um, hopefully, you know, Deontay comes back. Hopefully he can learn from that, come back stronger. So, what would your advice be if there's a third fight? What would Wilder need to do differently to best Tyson Fury this time out? I mean, he got. I think he got to get his skills better. You know, like the thing is, like when him, he always he got the big right hand. We know that. We know he has the big right hand. It's, it's been working. So sometimes if something been working for so long, why change it? Why fix it? Same thing in my training camp. If this shit been where we've been doing this shit, it might be wrong, but if we've been doing it for so long, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So now, if something you feel like it broke a little bit, now it's time to fix the same thing with Deontay Wilder. You know, now you gotta, you can't just be a one-trick pony no more. You know, I know Teddy Ellis said the same thing. He said, you know, he, Deontay Wilder, you know, he's he's never been a good fighter for me. He just got that one big punch. You know, so now I think that he has to, you know, he has to go out there and improve on, you know, just the overall boxing. You know, but sometimes when you when you are a fighter and you are so good and everything is working for you so good. Why would you change it? Same thing like I just said. You don't need to change it. I know I'm going to land his right hand. If I land it, I'm going to get him. And the same thing last time, he caught him. He caught him twice with it, and he put him on his ass. So he like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. And now it just didn't work. You know, it's interesting when I see two fighters at, at such a rival point like you and Maurice Hooker. And then I talk to you guys, and you sound very similar, like flip sides of the same coin. You know, right, you're right, big, right. your hometown is big. Your jury's almost the same. Yeah, you talk yeah, yeah. the same way. What is the difference between you two? I don't know. I mean, I don't know the difference between us, man. I, I really can't tell. You know, I just know, like, um, I know in this camp I'm going to be so hungry, like so much hungrier in, than, than ever. You know, I have to, like I said, this is a make or break. And, and same thing, but I don't, I don't know the difference between him. I know he said the same thing. It's a make or break type of fight. And for me, it is. It's a make or break type of fight. You know, like, not... It's literally, but not literally, a little bit, you know, because the the person that wins will definitely go on to a way higher platform, and the person that loses will probably stay on the same platform or drop a little, just just drop a little bit, you know. So for me, um, that's why I'm in boxing. I want to fight the best, 
and you know I just can't wait for the fight. I can't wait for the fight either. Congratulations to you Thank on you, taking bro. a fight like this when you didn't have to. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Regis. You, Radio Raheem with Regis Pro Gray. Radio Raheem with Bo Mack. Uh, once again, man, you got a hell of a fight ahead of you. You're in a corner with a guy that has a hurdle in front of him. Maurice Hooker is a hell of a fighter. Pro Gray is a hell of a fighter. But when you were up there on the stage just a few minutes ago, you didn't seem to have any doubt whatsoever that your hell of a fighter was going to have an easy time come April 17th. What is it about Regis Progray that makes him an easy fighter for Maurice Hooker? Like I was telling everybody on the stage, man, you got to understand uh, Progress' style. And once you start understanding his style, you can, you can pretty much beat the fighter. Now, I ain't taking nothing away from Progress. Progress is a tough motherfucker, man. But once I start understanding his style and I get the fighter to understand his style, it's going to be an easy night for us. Maurice Hooker, uh, like you just told me, is you guys have known each other a long time. You guys aren't strangers. But for you to officially be in his corner and responsible for his career as a corner man, that's new. What do you bring to the table that early in his career before you came and became a part of his camp officially that, that he was missing? Um, nothing. Because for the simple fact that, you know, we had been working with Maurice and his, his old team, for his, uh, his championship fight when he beat Flanagan. Uh, he worked right along with us. He ate right along with us. He sparred right along with us. He worked past right along with us. Uh, uh, so we knew him We knew him then. We worked with him before when uh, Terrence Lee did some sparring down in Dallas. Uh, we worked with him again when he fought Salcedo. So I know Maurice in and out. Only thing you gotta change about Maurice is just change the type of style that he's going to fight. He's an all around fighter. And he do things good, then he don't do things good. So you just take those and try to make those better and then make what he does good, make it better. And, and then just, you know, both you and the fighter get on the same page along with the team and discuss and come up with the right game plan that's going to beat the style that he's facing. Now, the 140-pound division doesn't just have one fight here to discuss because this is still fight week for Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas. Uh, what do you think of that fight? Who do you have winning it? Uh, that's going to be a good fight. Uh, both fighters are tremendous, tremendous fighters. Uh, most likely, uh, Garcia, Mikey Garcia is probably the favorite. I probably will go with, the, you know, with that favorite. Uh, he's more of a patient fighter. Uh, he's got a little bit more pop to his punches, and he probably got a little bit more uh, championship experience. Now, for Mikey's sake, he says he's open to coming down to 40 or staying at 47. But we know that there's another boogeyman at 47 <laughs> that is always in the conversation we talk about in the lead in that division. Obviously, we're talking Terrence Crawford. Could you see a, a Terrence Crawford-Mikey Garcia, Garcia matchup down the line? Uh, if Mikey want to put himself on the chopping block, I'm sure Terrence don't have no problem knocking him off. How would Terrence go about doing that? Everyone talks about the skill set that Mikey has. Uh, if he's able to sustain this weight at 47, what would Terrence's advantages be? Uh, just all around everything. He got the speed, he got the size, uh, got the boxing IQ. He probably end up stopping him probably in about four or five. In <laughs> uh, Terrence's last outing, obviously he was victorious. It was an exciting fight. He closed the show. 
early in the fight, there was some turbulence there. I haven't spoken to you since that fight, so I got to get your thoughts on fight night. What did you learn that, that night? And arguably, was it a knockdown or not from your perspective as a trainer? As a trainer, I first I first thought it was a knockdown because I asked one of the trainers, and they said they didn't know. But as soon as he came back to the corner, I asked him, did he drop you? Did he hurt you? He's like, no, no, hell no. I was like, okay, all right. So we just went back back and uh, going to the to, uh, doing what we were supposed to do, fighting him in the style we were supposed to fight him in. And, uh, and then after I, I looked at it and I looked at it close, no, there wasn't no knockdown. It, we haven't had to see or we haven't seen – Terrence have to kind of fight back from adversity. Knockdown or no knockdown, it was a shaky part of the fight. He clearly had to come back from something that was that was challenging for him. It may have been one of the few times that we've had this opportunity to see that. What did you as a trainer take from that? And has there been anything that you, now, since then, you've implemented in camp or things that you've worked on that gave you an opportunity to improve? Well, well one thing that that uh, I did with Terrence is after the fight, I made sure that we talked about it. And I, I was saying some things in the corner uh, that he wasn't, he, he was familiar with. And some of the things that, you know, he, it kind of didn't, kind of went in one ear and maybe out the other, or he didn't get it. And then I, you know, talked to him after the fight and he just had one thing on his mind, is knocking that dude out. And I told him, you could have, I don't got, damn, you can knock him out. But you gotta got be a little bit more careful because I said in the corner you can't get, keep getting hit with those right hands. It might not hurt you, but it looked good to the judges. <laughs> Does it concern you at all that there's so much talent at 47 that doesn't seem to be at your disposal in the sense it, it's difficult to make fights with this whole other cross, this other the wrong side of the street, and all this uh, network madness that your fighter could get, um, if not bored, just not inspired from challenge to challenge because he's not getting the fights of the guys that he wants to face. Well, Terrence always find, uh, he always find a challenge inside of a, a, the fighter that he's fighting. He always find a challenge to motivate him. And that's what I like about him. You ain't got to yell at him or scream at him in the gym to try to get him motivated. He always does that himself. So whatever, whoever's in front of him, He's going to find that that is inspiration to go in there and do what he's supposed to do is win. You see, he's 35 and 0, 24 knockouts, and he's just going to continue to win. On the same stage we saw Terrence fight last, we will see Lomachenko and Lopez. Tia Fimo, I mean Lopez, uh, will be there this. Okay. Okay. Will be there this summer. Uh, what are your thoughts on Teofimo Lopez versus uh, Vasil Lomachenko? It's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see it. I'm going to be ringside. And <laughs> I, I better be commentating the undercard because <laughs> uh, that's what I want to see. Right, we got to handicap that fight for us. How does it go? Oh, man. Oh, man. That's, uh, I see a lot of fire being thrown in that fight from Teofimo. And I just see him, what's the name, just probably probably coming on in the later rounds. It's going to be a tough one, man. Now, you know, they call him Nomas Chanko. And Lopez told me he was going to be called No More Chanko after that Saturday night. Does Loma have the ability to make Lopez quit? I don't think so. I think if it, it's going, if whoever wins in that fight, it's probably going to be a 12-round decision. Hmm. 
Now, we never expect a fighter to quit because all these guys are warriors. And Deontay Wilder didn't quit last Saturday night. His corner decided to throw in the towel for him. But when you saw that towel say, sail over the top rope, you as a trainer, did you think to yourself, yeah, I would have done that, or you think too early? No, I would have done it. I, I would have done it. If I see that my fighter is not responding in the way he's supposed to respond in the fight, I'm, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to save him, save, save his life. You know, he got kids to watch, look after, parents and... You know, it's a whole slew of other stuff that uh, that's people that depended on him or or he depended on. So I think it was a good stoppage, and he lived the fight another day. What was the turn in that fight? Do you think where when when you were watching it, where did you see Tyson? Like, oh, he's, 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 it's his night. I think Fury just came out and just jumped on him right away. I just think he jumped on him right away. I don't think Wilder really was into the fight. You know, he tried a little bit, but he just never could really get into the fight to swing the fight his way. Did you see any correlation between that and what happened to Joshua with Ruiz? It's no, no, no. Those are two different type, two different types of fights that went on. You know, but you know, you just I just took your hat off to Fury for what he did. Well, you know that Wilder has the rematch clause option. He can exercise it. But that fight would likely need to happen before the end of the summer. If you're in his corner, are, are, are we signing that fight? Are we pulling that card? That's not my decision to call because I ain't going to be in his corner. <laughs> but do you think that's a wise decision for him to, to, get, to go right back at Fury? I think he needs to sit down, sit down with his team and they make that decision together. <laughs> so for your sake, now that we've seen two times... Wilder Fury. We've seen Joshua lose and reclaim his title. We've still got three top heavyweights. Uh, who? Give me the top one, two, three in the heavyweight division now. Uh, Fury one, Joshua two, Wilder three. Can you think Wilder, would you still pick him against Joshua? Yeah, knock Joshua stiff. <laughs> Radio Raheem with Bowman. This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social in association with Betfred, and I'm glad joined by former world champion Regis Progray here in Fresno. Uh, Fresno? Here in, here in Texas, we'll go with. Yeah, Dallas, that's the one. Regis, how are you? I'm good, man. Good. A little tired, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. It's good to hear. Obviously, we've just had a little announcement for yourself today. Morris Hooker, talk to him about that fight and how it all came to be made. Um, the first off, it just, it, you know, um, I went to I went to Eddie for it. I wanted to really I wanted to get to the winner of these two, um, Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas. And so I went to I went to their press conference in LA and I told Eddie, you know, like, how about I get the winner of those two? He was like, Yeah. He was like, Well, what about Marie Tucker? I was like, shit, hell yeah, let's make that. And um I think that was the first step in making it. Then him and my manager have been talking ever since and you know, that's what happened. Now you know, now it's official. How long have you been in negotiations with Morris's team to try and make the fight? Um, I think a few months. Um, I think really um, it, it sparked since that last time in uh, for the press conference between um, um, for Mikey and um, Jesse Vargas. Obviously, even though you never got the result you wanted last time out against Josh Taylor, your stock has risen immensely. A lot of people are going right. to keep a close eye on you now. A lot of people have been excited to see you back in the ring. 
how does it feel now to have a date to work towards and not just a date but a fellow, a fellow former world champion yeah i mean it's 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 a lot to look forward to for me because um you know it's 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 a big fight you know so i can definitely it's not just like a no name person it's a big fight you know i think and it's a for me it's kind of like a make or break type of fight you know i have to i have to go out i have to win this fight i have to focus be back on my focus stuff again and um you know i just i mean i can't wait you know to get back in there and really start training camp i've been since my josh taylor fight I kind of been training since, you know, people see I'm in shape and stuff like that right now. Everybody asks me if I'm on weight right now. So I've been training, but um, now, you know, I really officially start camp now. And um, I just can't wait, man. Can't wait to get back in the ring. So what are you preparing for in Maurice? How do you expect the pair of you to kind of clash with Joe when your stars have to meet? Um, I mean, I know he's tall, he's lanky, you know, he has power in the right hand. Um, I mean, that's all things I know already, you know, but for me, I think that I'm not really worried about what he does. I'm, he just going to really have to worry about what I'm going to do, you know. Um, I've been kind of working. I've been working on a lot of things right now just, you know, basically to get better. You know, since my last performance, I know I can do things that will make me better, and um, that's what i kind of been doing. So, um, I mean, I just, you know, I, I can't wait. He'll have to worry about me. I'm not going to worry about him. I asked him, I've just done an interview him and asked him, who does he feel there's more pressure on, himself or you? He said he feels there's more pressure on him. Who do you think there's more pressure on? I think it's, it's, it, might be, um, it might be both, to be honest, you know, because, you know, he got stopped by Ramirez and, you know, I just had a close decision loss to, um, you know, Josh Taylor. So I think it's a lot of pressure on both of us. You know, this is, like I said, this for me, in my mind, this is a make it, break it type of fight. You know, um, I like I, if I want the biggest fights, if I want to keep making money, I have to, I have to perform in this fight. Obviously, you just mentioned Josh Taylor there. I know originally you also wanted that fight. Was there ever any discussions or anything to try and make a, a rematch at some no, point? not at all. No rematch right now, you know, and, um, um, like for me, you know, if there's no rematch with me, right on, um, right back to back, you know, let him go fight his mandatory, and then let him fight Ramirez, and you know, hopefully they can become undisputed, and then you know maybe I get the winner of those two, you know, eventually down the line. But right now, you know, like I mean, to be honest, like I think this is bigger than all of them right now. You know, this is the biggest fight at 140 right now. No matter if you know, it, no matter if you got like the the Taylor and his opponent, or you got the other um, Ramirez and Postal, this is still bigger than both of them. And then after that. Um, you know, if we can make the winner against the Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas rematch, the the winner of those two, it'll be it'll be way way bigger. That those fights hold way bigger weight than you know even the fights with the champions. Let's talk about that. How do how do you expect Saturday's fight between Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas to play out? Um, I think it's gonna be a, a real competitive, close fight. But um, I still I lean more towards Mikey. I just lean more. To, I just I don't know. I got a feeling it'll be Mikey. You know, but um, I don't know if. A lot of people don't know if Mikey has the power at 147. You know, Jesse is Jesse's big. You know, I've seen him, and Jesse Vargas is, you know, he has some size on him and stuff like that. So um, I think Mikey has the better skills, but, you know, size-wise, Jesse's he's definitely, uh, you know, he's definitely bigger. So I think it's going to be a great fight, but I, I lean more towards on Mikey. Just quickly want to get your thoughts on this past weekend as well, because I know press conference is about to start. World of Fury two out in Las Vegas. What was your thoughts on Tyson's victory? Oh man, it was it was it was special, man. Historical, basically. You know, um, that was I was there. You know, so just being there, it was like it was a historical fight. You know, the 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 fans went crazy. You know, Tyson. You know, he went out there. He said he was going what he was going to do, and he did exactly what he was going to do from the opening bell. You know, um, I think it's like I said. I think it was a very it was a historical fight, and I was just glad to be there. Obviously, he's Deontay Wilder since then has come out. He's mentioned his costume, playing the fact that he wasn't happy with his ring, his corner thrown in the towel. What did you make of those comments? Uh, I mean, I mean, it might be, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe those things like 
they you can you can you can say the excuses, but maybe that's what really happened. But at the end of the day, you know, he just lost. You know, you take it, you take your loss like a man, and that's it. You know, maybe you can say, yeah, like the 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 um the costume was heavy and the corner threw in the towel too fast. Maybe those are facts. But at this at the end of the day, you know, you still lost, and just you know, just take it like that. Regis, I know we're pressed for time now. You got to shoot. So thank you, Speed to Boxing Social. No problem. A shout out to Boxing Social, man. Thank y'all. Andrew McCart, IFL TV and Association with MTK Global. I'm here in Texas, Frisco, Texas. Finally, I've been chasing you all around Las Vegas last week to try and get this interview, and I found you in Texas. How are you feeling, Regis? I'm feeling good, man. A little tired, you know, I'm coming from LA, about to go right back on the plane, but I'm feeling good. I'm glad we got this out the way, you know, the first head off. Um, you know, um, this is a huge fight for both of us, and I mean, I can't, I can't wait. This is, well, it's you against Maurice Hooker just announced today. This is the biggest fight in the 140-pound division in terms of names and stature because obviously Josh has got his mandatory and Kongspong announced today. Ramirez has got his mandatory, but right now in the 140-pound division, it's you and Maurice Hooker. What's your thoughts on the fight itself? I mean, just like you said, man, everybody's saying, you know, this is the biggest fight. You know, this is definitely the biggest fight to make at 140. You know, um, I think the winner of this fight goes on to do, you know, way, way bigger things and be right back, if not even more than a title holds than the champions, you know, right now. So um, I think this fight holds a lot of weight. I'm glad we, you know, we can do it right now. I'm glad that, you know, the zone is putting it on. Eddie, match from the zone is putting it on. And um, like I said, man, I, I just, I can't wait. You know, it's it's just the energy. I think I feel, I already feel the energy. You know, Maurice Hooker, me and him had his face off. His people that are talking shit, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm already getting the energy, I'm getting the jitters already, you know, so I, I just can't wait, man. It's a great fight, and, you know, um, I'm glad it's made. You had that same. Somebody mentioned a comment, Regis, you're too small. I'm pretty sure somebody in London said, Regis, you're too small against Josh Taylor, and you, you put on one of the best fights, probably the best fight of the year last year against Josh Taylor. Why, why do they not respect your fight? Why do they always come at you with the height and the small what's Listen, going on there they, they always got to say something that's just how it is people always got to say something you know that um that's but you know it's it's not the size of the dog it's about the size of the the fight that's in the dog everybody knows and everybody knows my fight is 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 not gonna stop you know my fight is, is just too much for you know almost anybody you know i'm gonna keep coming keep coming i just like luther lou said i'll fight fucking king kong you know you pay me the right amount of money you know so that's just i mean that's me that's just how i am so they can say height wise and all that i mean that's his cheerleaders they trying to you know they trying to get in my head but you can't get in my head you know like i went to london i had 20,000 people against me so you think six motherfuckers going you know go get in my head if i had 20,000 people against me bro and like you you from there you from the uk yeah. the fucking i went to the lions then and it's like believe me it's way worse than this so this little shit this none of this stuff matters to me bro maurice's team they're confident that they can stop you in this fight 
Can you get? Can you stop Mo in this fight? I de if 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 Ramirez stopped him, I definitely think I can stop him for sure. You know, you got you got somebody like Ramirez. He stopped him, bro. I really think. Like I, I feel like I'm one of the hardest hitting in the division. Maybe even the hardest hitting in the division right now. I feel like you know, I, if I land on him just once, then it can stop. But I mean, I'm not even going to look to like stop him like real early or nothing like that. I'm just gonna do my thing, have fun. You know, box when I need to, bang when I need to, and you know that's how I'm gonna do. But I definitely feel like I really could stop him. I just want to go back to the Josh Taylor fight now. You and Josh, you've dropped and stopped, stopped every single fight. Josh stopped everyone that he's fought, you stopped or dropped everyone that you fought. Right. The fact that both of you ate each other's punches and they bounced off you, even though you were sort of bloody and cut and all that, does that give you confidence going into your future fights? The fact that you can take big shots and still come forward? Of course, I know I got a chin. You know, that's, I mean, I've been knowing that for a long time, you know, my, but the thing is my management always tell me, like, don't prove it. Don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to get hit if you don't want. You know, I think with the Josh Taylor fight, like, I learned a lot about, you know, I just learned a lot. Like, you know, I knew I can take a punch, but, like, in a big fight to keep taking and keep taking a punch, and I, I knew that. You know, I know Josh is, you know, and the thing is, in the fight, Josh, he never hurt me. But don't get me wrong, Josh is strong. I mean, you know, for, you know, you know for a fact, like Josh is, he's big, he's strong. He just never hurt me in a fight. I don't know if I was because he's in shape, my legs or just because I saw the punches coming. But I know, like, I, get, I have a chance, I can take a punch, you know, so I'm not, you know, I always have confidence that I can take a punch no matter what. There's been some shit talking threat between you two, man. Can, can we see the rematch? Like, I said to you, post-fighting with Josh as well, I want to see the re rematch in a selfish point of view, as a fan point of view, because it was a cracking fight. Is the shit talking ready to build this rematch up? Is that why you're doing it, going back and forth? And do you still, do you believe you won the fight, obviously? I thought I won. You know, I thought I won. I mean, I, I think if it was this side that I think I would've got the decision. I actually got, I mean, I was at the Tyson Fury fight and a lot of the English fans, man, you won that fight, you won. I'm, They're English I'm, though. Huh? <laughs> They're English though. One of them said, I'm, I'm Scottish, man, you won that fight. I'm Irish, man, you really won that fight. You know, so it is what it is. People say, you know, I mean, but I can't really go by that. The judges thought I lost. It's cool. I'm not even, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, hopefully, eventually, you know, if I can get the Josh Taylor rematch down the line, then, you know, I think it'll be huge. And I told, you know, the McGuigans, I said, yeah, I know he's not with him no more. But I said, yeah, after the fight, you know, um, you know, hopefully we get the rematch and it'll be for a shitload of more money down the line, you know. So hopefully me and Josh, you know, we can do it again. But right now, it's that man right there. You still, you know, still do me a pair of Balenciagas? No, I don't owe you. I don't owe you, right? I was supposed to give him some Balenciagas when I won the fight, but I didn't win, so I don't owe you. <laughs> All right, right. I thought, I thought you said I got you if you come to London, right? Okay. So the rematch, the rematch. If you win, you get me a pair of Balenciagas. You put me in a sticky spot there. Yeah. Uh, 147, again, if you win this fight against Ramirez, you're going to stick down at 140. You're not going to move up? Um, no telling. You know, I want the biggest fights. You know, like I said, um, after this, I think the winner of this gets the, the Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas um, winner. So either that or, you know, if it's the Josh Taylor or if it's Jose Ramirez, I think they're going to try to tangle this year. So those two for undisputed. So if not, then I'll go um, that route with Mikey Garcia or Jesse Vargas or do something else at 140 or 147. It depends. It's just, it's you know, it's, it's hard. You, you got so many options right now. Well, you've got me G'd up the way you handled most teams, so I'm going to stay G'd up and piss all these American media off and just stay here all day. You know what I mean? Nah, I'm joking. <laughs> exactly, but I'm in the lines there. Look at this, look at this mob here. Look at this mob. Uh, final question. You were at Tyson Fury and Wilder last, uh, last weekend there. Tyson surprised you with a stoppage? He surprised me. He definitely surprised me. You know, I know he was... Um, he went out there, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And for me, like, this is a, that was a historical fight. You know, like, every time, you know, when you come out and you have the big fights on TV, when you come out the ring, that's going to be one of those fights on TV now. That was a historical fight. You know, congrats to Tyson Fury and his whole team for that. Um, he went out there and he, he did exactly what he said he was going to do.
Well, I won't keep you much longer. Like I said, the media is stacked up. You've got a busy day ahead of you. We just thank you for this TV, and I'll catch you soon, brother. Thank you so much. Stephen Corena right here with the legendary Eddie Hearn talking again, man. It, at least it didn't take two and a half hours this yes, time, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. We're still, well, it's been a long day, but we're still going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, man, excited to see this fight. Thank you, you know, for putting this fight on. Regis Prograde versus uh, Maurice Hooker. I had uh, fans who were sitting in a room saying, tell me a fight at 140 you'd like to make. I think, of course, you got Ramirez against Josh Taylor, but I think... Progray against Hooker is a fight that a lot of the fans would say that's a great fight and sometimes great fights seem obvious but are so difficult to make. Regis Progray actually come to the press conference of Mikey Garcia to kind of crash it and I sort of said to him, you pipe down, why don't you fight Maurice Hooker? And he went, I'll fight Maurice Hooker. And I thought, oh shit. So then I went over and I, uh, I spoke to Dino Duva and he went, yeah we're up for that fight. And it's very unusual for a fighter like that in Regis Progray to come off a fight of the year contender in a unification fight and go straight back into a 50-50. Now, back-to-back losses would really affect his career. But isn't it great for the sport? And I think fans respect that. You know, tune-up fights, there are too many tune-up fights in boxing. Sometimes fighters deserve a tune-up fight. I mean, you've got Josh Taylor and Ramirez now basically having two tune-up fights. But you can come irrelevant very quickly by having tune-up fights, you know? And um, these guys are making sure they stay relevant. And there is an argument to say, although they won't win a world title out of this fight, they will become as relevant, perhaps, as Ramirez and Taylor, if they can win in a fight of the year contender. I was just going to say, I feel like the winner of this fight kind of puts themselves right back in, in you sure, know, to, even, to... You know, belts are important, but so, are, so is having great fights, so is entertaining the public. And if this is the fight that I think it will be, you know, you're going to see very quickly the winner of this fight get lauded into fights like Mikey Garcia, maybe moving up to 47, fighting Terence Crawford, well, not if it's Mo, but, you know, other champions at 47. So I think these guys, the best thing to say about these guys is they're taking it by, as we say in the UK, taking it by the bollocks and just going for it and saying, no, I'm going to make myself relevant and I'm going to force the issue in the division. Is that like, uh, uh, I feel like it's refreshing to me, but I feel as a promoter refreshing when, we, when we fighters get, are like, yeah, let's we, do it. We get too much stick because we, people don't realize we want good fights. You know, good fights deliver ratings. Good fights put bums on seats. We don't want to give tune-up fights, but sometimes we're dealing with managers and people like David Higgins, you know, who want to protect their fighter and just want to give them, but that's a manager's job. You know, if, you, if you're in a really, really tough fight, the manager's job is to go to the promoter and get him an easier fight for as much money as possible. So anytime there's a fighter that says, I want continuously big fights for as much money as possible, the money's there. If you're willing to take the proper fights, the money is there. In fact, we'd rather spend more money in tough fights than less money in tune-up fights. They do nothing for anybody other than an easy touch for the fighter, and sometimes they deserve it. But fewer the better and this is a great example of two guys that are avoiding tune-up fights to have a great 50 50. let's talk about uh mark castro mm. a new signing what was it about him that kind of got your attention what what uh what was it that kind of made you the push to get him and, and you know what what can we expect to see from him well i think when we came into america 
you whilst you always want to sign the superstars, you've also got to build from the bottom. And as we've done in the UK, it was very important to us to sign the best young talent that we could. And when you look at our stable right now, we are unrivaled in terms of American young stars. You know, Amo Austin Williams, Diego Pacheco, Espino on this card, Ray Ford, Ofa Jones, Nikita Ababi, Reshat Matty, probably forgotten some, and now Mark Castro as well. These are the top, top high-end guys. But Mark Castro was the guy, when I came into America, everyone went, you've got to get Castro. Castro's the one. And I've been working hard on him. Um, you know, he is the Ryan Garcia, he is the Devin Haney, he is one of those guys. He's a 17-time national champion, two-time amateur champion of the world. He's been to Russia, he's been every other country winning major tournaments. He's 20 years of age, you know, he looks a million dollars, he's sponsored by Gucci already. You know, he's just like, he's got it all. And he's gonna have a massive American fan base, a massive Mexican fan base, and now he has a global promotional company that will box him in all the key territories around the world. And we're the only promotional company right now who has individual broadcast deals in important territories. Everyone else has got maybe a relationship where you can put someone on a show. We put them on our shows. So there's no excuse for this young man not to get to the top. The only person that can stop him is him. He will have a road built out for him to make sure he can become a pound for pound great. If he's good enough, he'll do it. If he's not, he won't. But at least he can go to the gym. There's too many dogs in this game that have promised the world, don't pay fighters, make them wait six, seven months to get paid. With us, we're as solid as they come. I deliver everything I'm going to say. You get paid on the dot, on the dime, the full amount, no messing around, and we give you every chance to succeed. And he's got it in front of him now. I'm sure it's, a, it's refreshing uh, with fighters that that, you know, it's true with you, that they actually, you know, you're, yeah, you're true. But, you know, you get to box anywhere you want, anywhere in the world, as often as possible. So the only thing that's going to stop you is you. So get on with it. You know, and, 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 and any athlete, to know that is important. You know, there's nothing that... The, there's so many great fighters that have never become great fighters because they've been mismanaged or mispromoted or made a bad decision. So I like to think that we've got the game plan and the strategies we've shown with Anthony Joshua from the debut to unified world champion to Callum Smith from the debut to world champion, ring magazine champion, Callie Fire from the debut to world champion, Luke Campbell from Olympic gold to world championship. You know, we, we've got the model in place and we know what we're doing. And, and when you've got someone as talented as Castro, the job's quite easy. The proof's in the pudding, man, and, and you, you just kind of said it. Uh, you, you mentioned Anthony Joshua. Obviously, Fury looked uh, dominating against uh, Wilder uh, this past weekend. You've talked about AJ Fury in the past. I guess how likely is that that fans can see that? Obviously, AJ has that rematch clause kind of that seems like he's uh, in act. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Fury. Um, Fury um, yeah, Wilder. Wilder. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he's uh, enacting right away. How close is that fight in reality? I had a good chat with Bob Arum the other night. Everyone wants, you know, people want to make as much money as possible. And the biggest fight out there right now is AJ against Fury. So they'd love to make that fight happen. There's a lot of navigation that needs to take place. Our job now is to get the Pulev fight signed. And if there's any maneuverability with top rank over the next couple of weeks and an AJ Fury fight is possible, we'd love to go straight into that. If they're going to rematch, we hope it happens in July. So we don't have to wait and wait because Dylan White is also mandatory next year. You've got a WBO mandatory for Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. You know, if that, that belt could become vacant, if we have to fight for you, I mean, anything can happen. So we've just got to worry about ourselves, have a, have a decent plan for us. We'll make it very clear, AJ, the fight he wants is Tyson Fury. And it's not even Tyson Fury, it's just the belt. You know, when Deontay Wilder had the belt, that was the fight that AJ wanted. But now Tyson Fury's the man and uh, he's, he wants to try and get that. Do you feel that's a 50-50 fight going into it as far as... In my, uh, respect. 
in as far as like talent wise as, yeah, yeah i think look fury's proved himself to be incredibly awkward i think the most impressive thing about his victory was that he did something that oh, i didn't think he could do and when you do that it's a bit like um when aj beat ruiz in the second fight you know i wasn't sure he could do that but he had to do that to win that fight in a way that was you know as as, as commanding as possible for Fury, I didn't think, when I heard that he was going to walk him down and be aggressive and try and stop him, I thought it was a joke. Right. So that was, that was the most impressive thing about the performance. And uh, Tyson Fury is a quality heavyweight. He's going to be very tough to beat. I just believe we've got the man to beat him. Do you feel that the third fight with Wilder and Fury is that, do you feel Tyson kind of wins that for yeah, sure? Or? I mean, look, maybe it won't happen. I mean, you saw disappointing pay-per-view numbers for the second fight. The third fight, the pay-per-view numbers are going to be probably halved. Um, because he's been 19 rounds now and Wilder's probably won three rounds two of those were because of a knockdown so he, you know there's nothing that says Wilder can win another fight but he does have power but he's going to take a lot to come back from that defeat because he was manhandled and he was bashed up we, I believe I saw a tweet earlier today uh, Usyk is fighting Chisora is that like it's, a it's not done but that's a very strong possibility for May in the UK it's a great fight, great heavyweight fight, and uh, hopefully we can get that over the line next week. Is Usyk, I, that's kind of another issue, right? Because he's a mandatory as well. Yeah, so with, with the rotation system, the IBF's first, then the WBO. So after, if Joshua fights Pulev, he has to fight Usyk next, unless a deal can be made where he waits for the Fury fight, or we have to vacate the WBO belt, and all the other belts are on the line. But it'd be great to be an undisputed fight. I uh, believe Ruiz said yesterday on uh, on PBC, uh, the, the show... Did you see Ruiz's Instagram last night? I did, I did. <laughs> what did you think about that? Doing shots. And, and, and he was like, he was a very happy man going around his house. He was saying, oh, this is hard work and dedication, baby, with his shots. He was pretty, he'd had a few, he'd had a few. I would like to say, I absolutely love Andy Ruiz. I love him because, you know, people will say, oh, he's, you know, he's not dedicated, he's this, he's that. But Andy Ruiz has got a good heart and he's got a lot of fight in him. And I can't wait for Andy Ruiz to come back. And if he can get on it, you know, the fights, I mean, you've seen him in great fights with AJ, great fight with Joseph Parker. Um, he could, the fights between Ruiz and Wilder, like watching Wilder the other night, Ruiz would tear Wilder to pieces, right? He's got a great chin. He's got fast hands. He's relentless. He's going to back you up. Ruiz against Luis Ortiz, Ruiz against Dillian White. These are great, great fights. And uh, yeah, excited to see him. What's kind of the map for Andy Ruiz to, to get that third fight with AJ, would you think? What's kind of the... It's not a fight right now that, you know, I think anyone's calling for. But I think in the division, if people are staying active and getting good wins, if Ruiz started knocking people out, then the AJ3 fight becomes exciting. You know, again, AJ just beat him every round. We know that... Uh, Ruiz won the first fight, but AJ was winning the fight and dominating it till that happened. So I think the second fight was conclusive enough to say that Andy Ruiz needs a couple of big wins to, to get that fight again. But I think you're going to see Andy Ruiz in great fights. Yeah, okay. I'm looking forward to it. Last subject, man, I want to talk to you about uh, Billy Joe Saunders versus Canelo. How close are we? Is it is Callum Smith kind of they're the... Both, they're both in the mix and Golden Boy know the number for both guys. And it's just up to them, I guess, to, to choose which way they want to go. Do you feel they're leaning one way or the other with, with either they've guy? they've been leaning, then they've lent the other way, then they've right. gone the other way. So I think ultimately it'll be down to Canelo, you know, and who, who he wants to fight. Do you feel that 168 is, is where Canelo's going to end up landing? Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for him to make 60. 
after fighting at 75. I think 68 is where you're going to see him. And uh, lastly, Demetrius Andrade, what's next for him? Obviously, everyone's well, talking for Charles. Billy Joe doesn't get the fight. I think you'll see Billy Joe Saunders against Demetrius Andrade. Um, you've got Danny Jacobs. Uh, you've got Callum Smith. You could see Demetrius move to 168. We would love the Charlo fight. But, you know. All of us would. Yeah, I know. But I feel like, you know, with that fight, I've, I spoke to BBC and just said, like, Charlo's doing nothing. And we're struggling to get Demetrius a big fight. Wouldn't it? We'd do it on Fox if you want. You know, wouldn't it make sense? But no one really wants to fight Demetrius because he's really, really good. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah. Eddie Hearn, appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go ahead and download that. Bye, Fight fans.